0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Let's get to work tonight as we study the Word of God and go to Revelation chapter two, and uh, we're going to pick up tonight. I'm go- actually my text verse is verse number eighteen, uh, actually nineteen, but I want to read verse number 18, to get into it. While you're turning and they're getting these scriptures ready to show on the screen, last Wednesday night was a most unusual Bible study. If you had an opportunity to go back and review it, if you were here. We spent a lot of time in Revelation 13. We took a big hop, skip, and jump uh, to mention some things that uh, were happening right before our very eyes. This book is so up to date, even though it goes all the way back to A.D. 96. And the things that John saw and wrote about are literally happening before our very eyes. Last week we talked about some current events that are happening around the world and are happening at warp speed that foreshadows, and, and I prefer to, to use that word as an Old Testament uh, compass, primarily to as, as a forerunner in the New Testament of what is yet to come. And we talked about uh, some of the conditions that the world is in right now that John spoke about, and we're seeing them unfold. And last Wednesday night, we talked about Revelation 13, about the mark of the beast, and how there are big companies and corporations that are all over the world now who are implementing the chip in the hand. Some of you may have already seen it. Maybe you've done some research on it. In Sweden, this is already an implementation but there are various other companies that are following in high speed pursuit as well and uh, you say well preacher what is what is wrong with modern technology well if you remember in our bible prophecy series in in daniel's prophecy one of the signs of the end times was that there was going to be an overwhelming increase of knowledge in the last days. That was all the way back in the book of Daniel. And the disciples asked, Lord, what shall be the sign of that coming? We, we speak on Bible prophecy in January. And we, we give five, six, seven sermons uh, about uh, those particularities. But what we're seeing now is the gravitation towards These are this new world order in such a way that you've heard much about recently. You've heard much about this thing called cancel culture. I don't think there's probably a person watching on internet or I don't think there's a person in here tonight that does not know what I'm talking about. It's a forerunner. Of the one world church, the one world government, the one world currency that is coming rapidly, uh, before us. It's, it's now so mind boggling that it's even hard for me, who is constantly staying on top of current events in the word, uh, in Bible prophecy, uh, to bring you these things, uh, as as quickly as they are developing, they are happening everywhere, every day, all over the earth. And so, I'm going to mention a couple of these things here because verse 19, uh, 20 takes us into uh, that mindset. Again, if you have a red-letter edition of the Bible, these are the words that Jesus himself spoke, and he is speaking to John, and... I want you to look at this beginning in verse number 18. In verse number 18, and unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, who we have just pulled out of the message to the church in Pergamos. Now we're into the message of the church of Thyatira. The word says, These things saith the Son of God. We know who the Son of God is, it is the Lord Jesus, who hath his eyes... Like unto a flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass. Now, that is in direct reference to if you could get Revelation 1, 14 and 15 quickly on the screen. And let's revert back to that because verse number 18, uh, is, is a, is a quotation basically of those passages. Look at this. His head and his hairs were like wool and his white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like to fine brass as if they burned in a furnace. You know, when I read that verse in that passage of Scripture, what what comes to your mind? Do you remember what King Nebuchadnezzar said about the fiery furnace? He said, I, he said we, didn't we throw three of them in there? But hey, he said, I see a fourth man in there, and he resembles the Son of God. Well, believe me, the Lord Jesus walked in the furnace. And that what the word says? As if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. So, verse number 18, uh, we can draw back reference to Revelation 1. Now, look at, I want you to see something special about these churches of Thyatira. Because it could have been, and I left off basically with this point prior to last week's study, started by a woman. And thank God for godly women. I, I'm motivated, I'm encouraged, I'm I'm lifted in spirit when I see godly women wanting to serve the Lord and, and to uh, use their many gifts and talents uh, for uh, the kingdom. In Acts chapter 16, verse 14 and 15, Uh, And, fellas, you have to stay with me as as we reflect just a little bit. But I want to launch into verse 19 by doing this. So Acts chapter 16, verse number 14 and 15. And we'll get that scripture on screen and look at it here. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us. Whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, sort of like the Philippian jailer there, that kind of thing going on, she besought us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, and that doesn't mean with condemnation, it's talking about a if 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 my service to the Lord has been so manifested in such a way uh, that it has been in your observation pleasing to the Lord, she said, "This come into my house and abide there," and she constrained us. So Thyatira has some history, and it has a history with a beautiful woman whose name was Lydia the seller of purple. Now, having said that in the introduction, look at verse nineteen. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. So in verse number 19, because Jesus is the one that's speaking, he is the one that took the time to complement the great works that were going on in the church of Thyatira. Thyatira. He took some time. He was very observant. And he is leaving no stone unturned. He said, I know thy works. I know what you've been up to. I know what you've been doing. And obviously, you know the word charity here in the New Testament is definitely pointing towards the word love. He's talking about a spirit filled, loved, embodied group, gathering, congregation. He said, I know your works. And charity and service and and faith and patience, he said, and, and thou works. And the last to be more than the first. So think about this. Jesus was going down through this list of complimentary things. He said, You 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 were genuine. You are you were right where I needed you to be. But then all of a sudden, in the midst of all of these things, and I love the way that Jesus does this. He doesn't start off in the means of of rebuking. He, he takes time to, to compliment all of the godly virtues that they have. But then, after this, he goes into verse 20, and he then begins to rebuke them. And this rebuking was was very unusual in comparison to other rebukes that the Lord gave. Because he says this, notwithstanding, or in other words, Jesus was saying, okay, you've done all of these wonderful, wonderful things, and your motives have been pure, your objectives have been sincere. And Jesus said, I know that you have done them with great Solitude and with great honor to me, all of this that the Lord was trying to captivate in in this in this uh, complimentary uh, tone. But then He says, "Notwithstanding," He said, or that word means, "However." And then now the Lord begins to reel some things in. He said, "I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel." Now. Obviously, this is not the identical Jezebel that we know the story of who was married to Ahab in the Old Testament. However, it was a carbon copy. He says this, and and he's dealing with a particular woman in the church, the church of Thyatira. Just as God raises up godly people, whether they be men or women to serve, believe you me, the devil will raise up some. you remember what Paul said? He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. So as God raises up choice servants, I assure you that the devil also raises up through, I believe, demonic possession and oppression, people who disrupt the work of the Lord on the earth. And John is referencing, the Lord is speaking now. John is writing it all down. He said, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess. One of the things that I see today that's happening a dime a dozen Far too many times. I, I believe, uh, let me let me say this with hesitation, but maybe it presents some clarification. I, I do believe that there are some aspects of preaching where the preacher could be in harmony with the scriptures, attributed to a prophet. I, I do believe that. I don't believe that God is giving new revelations of unknown to to individuals today. I believe God speaks to his word. We have the word, all 66 books. I don't believe there are any lost books of the Bible. However, you're going to be hearing a lot about that very soon. You mark it down. You're going to hear stuff about the lost books of Enoch the lost books of Jonah. You're going to hear about the lost books of the Bible. Somebody, and I have told you this before, but in order to bring this one world church into existence, there has to be a Bible that that eliminates all pronouns, where it is all inclusive to where you can be Anything. You can be any denomination. You can have any kind of ideology. You can practice abomination and, and idolatry and, and even call yourself a Christian. There has to be, in this one world church, there has to be a one world Bible. It has to be. And so you're going to be finding about all of these mysterious lost books of the Bible, but it's, it's a forerunner of the one world church. Now, Having said that, this I, I believe God God can work in in prophecy, and I believe He does. I love to preach prophecy, but but I will tell you this: I, I'm never going to walk in this pulpit and tell you. And if I do, you mark it down. It is the gospel truth. But I'm not going to come in here and tell you stuff like. Yeah, I was sitting on my back porch and I saw this tree transformed in front of me. And behind the tree were many waters and I could hear this and thus say it. The, I'm not going to tell you that stuff because I don't believe that that's the way God works today. He, he works through his word. He works through the power of the Holy Spirit where I do believe that there are visions. The, the word talks about in the last days, there shall be visions. And all and men shall dream dreams. And, and I could give you some stuff out of Joel. But listen, I, I'm not going to fabricate. I, I declare to you, I heard it with my own ears, a pastor that's on the television regularly, talking about how he was dismissed from the dinner table. God just wouldn't let him eat his meal, took him back to the hotel room and appeared to him, took him up into the third heaven, and he saw these people dressed in sackcloth. And this is for real is what he's saying. And and he's running into these places uh, in heaven and, and he's talking with God as if he was talking to you and me. Now, please don't misinterpret this. I believe God can speak to us. He speaks to our heart, but he doesn't speak to us in an audible way. And God has never taken any of us. I don't care who you are, me, any of you into the third heaven. He's not done that. When Paul, which was very rare. You remember when he was, he, I believe the place was Lystra. He was stoned to death and, he later on went on to say, I don't know, in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, but i tell you this. If God caught any of us up to the third heaven, it would be so overwhelming when we got back down here to Richmond, Virginia. It would be so overwhelming we could not articulate the words. So, but, so I, I believe that there is a gift of prophecy. I believe that that prophets do exist. But, but I can tell you that it, it's it's not it's not built around or cultivated in. This is the best way to say it in spooky religion. And if you can if you can digest that, then you can get what I'm saying here. So when you read this, this woman in this church had set herself up to be an example of uh, what Jezebel was in the Old Testament. She was now working in in this church of Thyatira, called herself a prophetess, and, and the scripture says that what she was busy doing to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And so Jesus was rebuking the church at Thyatira for tolerating this individual, for putting up with it. Now, in in this passage, she is referenced and she is called Jezebel. And the Lord identifies her as a self-appointed prophetess. In other words, if she were living today, she would probably be the queen of woke. She would definitely be part of the new Green Deal. She would practice the mutilation of of bodies young and old, she would participate in drag queen pageants. And in other words, she would be part of this world's system. And she was functioning, by the way, the word in James chapter 4, verse number 4, I want to give you the scripture here. James 4, 4. The adulteress and adulteress says, "Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God?" I heard a lady say today, and she was being questioned by Senator Holly, who, who is a magnificent individual. But he he was questioning this lady, and she said, "I believe that I identify as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, even though I do not." identify with the following of Jesus like you do. This is what I need to remind the world, if I could stand up to its microphone and say this, that this road of following Jesus, according to the scriptures, is straight and narrow. And the broad road, the word says, leads to destruction. Destruction. And I don't care how you slice the pie. You cannot be a friend of the world. You cannot agree with what's happening in our world in the attack on society. And all of this is built around this thing about canceling culture. This, this one world movement is trying to get us away from the elements of right and wrong. But Here's another thing. This big thing about we, we don't use sir and ma'am anymore. Now you, you heard that old song we used to sing as kids. Reading, writing, and arithmetic talk to the tune of a hickory stick. If, if I didn't say yes sir to my dad, it was like Houston, we have a problem We have a problem. Let me tell you something. In our school, we still say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, sir. But if you read the scripture right here, listen. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, it's the same whosoever, believeth in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That whosoever is the same whosoever here. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And so when, when you look at this here, this this woman, she was on the bandwagon of uh, of a representation of what we're seeing play out in three dimension every single day of our lives right now. She was on the bandwagon of worldliness. She was peddling false doctrines, and I got to stop here tonight, but let me say this, false doctrine, this is why doctrine is so important overall, but why I have to make it a serious issue here in our church. In our church, Buford Road Baptist Church, doctrine is critical. We can never get away. We can never get away of the blood atonement, the virgin birth, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Genesis account of creation. These these are non-negotiables. We cannot absolutely get away from those things. False doctrine is any idea that adds to or takes away from or contradicts or nullifies the doctrines that are given to us in this book. That's what false doctrine is. And this woman had set herself up in the church peddling some false gospel, some, some at this point in time that it was given new age teaching that was leading many early Christians, new Christians astray. We got to stop here next week. Lord willing, will pick up with verse number 21. Because as Jesus, and this is the thought, As Jesus gives all of this complimentary um, affirmation of what these early believers in the church of Thyatira were doing, he also took time to point out their faults. But then this is what he does to wrap all of that up. He gave them all a chance and an opportunity to repent. Aren't you glad he still gives us a chance and opportunity to repent? Oh, amen. You listen to Pastor Tony Kahoot. For more information, visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com.